Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Gwinnett, it's time for Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by Computer Design and Integration. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by EMC and CDI Managed Services. I'm your host, Nicole Toptosh, along with my co-host, Dominic Rainey. Good morning, Dom. How are you doing today? Hey, doing great, Nicole. How's it going? It's going great. Let's get this show started and introduce our amazing guest today. Joining us from Equip Leadership is Doug Carter, the Senior VP. Also, we have our telecommunications vendor, uh, business communications management. We have Andy Stanky, who is the Partner Sales Director. And uh, rounding out our panel today is Sarah Chandler, the coordinator at the Roswell Cultural Arts Center. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank We're you. happy to have to you. Here. Doug, why don't you get the show started and tell us about Equip Leadership and what you do there. Equip is an organization that was founded by Dr. John C. Maxwell. Many people will know about Dr. Maxwell because of his... Uh, Books. He has uh, authored 76 books uh, over the past uh, 12 or 15 years. Those books, of course, have sold millions. Most of them are on the topic of leadership. Mm -hmm. They are books that uh, have been designed to be used to teach leadership and to understand and embrace leadership in all arenas of life, whether it be in the uh, corporate arena. Um, any place, in, anywhere in the marketplace, or even in the faith-based community, or in the nonprofit community, or whatever it may be. And so mm -hmm. very broad. Um, it was in 1996 that John decided that he wanted to broaden the outreach of his life beyond what was largely a North American audience, mm -hmm. and begin to put together leadership training events and opportunities worldwide. Mm -hmm. And that was when he called together a group of us and challenged us with the thought of making leadership training and resources available to the global community. So in the fall of 1997, we did our first training in India. Mm -hmm. And since that time, we've worked with almost 6 million leaders in 182 nations of the world. Uh, it's been quite an incredible journey and look forward to sharing more about uh, what's been done in that area of leadership training and development. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, you, you spoke about the importance of uh, training and embracing uh, leadership. Why is leadership training so important? Well, for good or ill, uh, the leader is like uh, the first domino in a line. Um, there's, there's influence, either mm -hmm. good or bad. Mm -hmm. uh, the truth is everything rises or falls on leadership. Mm -hmm. Leadership is so crucial in any endeavor. And it is because of that and the fact that uh, leadership can be that tremendously positive force that not only can help to plant dreams in people, but to give them the training and the resources and the encouragement, the empowerment to reach those dreams. Mm -hmm. Now, those dreams may vary from the person that wants to be successful in business to the person that may want to confront some global problem that mm -hmm. plagues humankind. They may want to do something about providing clean water. They may mm -hmm. want to fight the AIDS pandemic. They may want to stop human trafficking. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, on the other side, it may be strictly uh, six, be, to be successful in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. 
hopefully not just to be successful, but I trust also to be significant in the fact that in their success, they can also in turn have impact in the lives of others and add value to them. So uh, leadership is just so crucial to dreams becoming reality in whatever arena of life it may be and whatever difference a person wants to make. So we, we like to look at leadership as a quality or a training or a resource that can lift lids from people, from their mm-hmm. dreams, to help them soar and to become everything they dream about being and to become as effective and successful and impactful because we believe that one of the best definitions of leadership beyond uh, one that many of us embraced because many of us in the equip ro- ro- role or mm-hmm. world come from a faith perspective. And so we, we like a definition of leadership is servanthood, which says leaders are not about being served, they're about serving. Yes. And the senior leader should be the senior servant. Mm-hmm. And because he actually, he or she is the one serving all of the people mm-hmm. all of the time. And so we believe servanthood is a component. But the other statement we believe so strongly is that leadership is influence. And because leadership is about influencing others mm-hmm. and helping to mobilize them on their journey to reach their potential to be all they can be, thus it really, leadership then is not so much about title and position mm-hmm. and, you know, parking places and privileges and perks and all those kind of things as it is the ability to connect with other people, add value to them, mm-hmm. make them better and help to take them on a journey so that you're not manipulating them. Mm-hmm which is when you manipulate somebody, you're doing it for your own selfish interest. Mm-hmm. But when you m- motivate them, mm-hmm. it's for mutual interest and everybody wins. Exactly. And so we're in the win-win, and that comes from lifting lids from people's lives. Because it's amazing how many people that we encounter along life's way have had someone, somewhere, sometime, someplace put a lid on them. Mm-hmm. And they believe they've maxed out. Mm-hmm. And we like to believe that the leadership training development resources can lift lids and say, you've not reached your potential yet. There's no limit to what you can exactly. be. Here's some principles that'll help you get there. That That's who we are, what we do. I love it. And <clears throat> just the reward that you get um, from seeing that person's growth, from helping them, as you mentioned, uh, soar and lift that lid is phenomenal. Now, you spoke about 6 million leaders, 182 nations worldwide. Break it down for me. What is the impact that Equip has had on an individual, an organization, or an, and or community? Wow. I'd, uh, I'd love to uh, tell stories all day. Uh, <laughs> it's been my personal privilege over the years that we've been in operation at Equip to uh, visit and teach and try to add value to leaders in 115 nations. So uh, whether it be some of the more prosperous nations of Western Europe or Australia or what have you, or in some of the absolutely neediest nations on earth, uh, plagued with some of the worst imaginable problems, I've had the opportunity of being there. And so my, my storage can range from places when, where we've helped struggling businessmen to uh, not only find turnaround in terms of their business endeavors and thus be able to make a difference because of the jobs they they can provide to people, and especially has this been rewarding in places where jobs have not been plentiful and where economically there are serious challenges, Mm -hmm. uh, which tends to be many places in the world right now, but uh, certainly in some of those that are the most depressed, that's been a piece. But it also can be solving some... uh, crisis that plagues a culture. Just an example uh, of one that comes to mind. We're working in the little nation of Swaziland. Swaziland, as you may know, is in the southern portion of Africa. Mm -hmm. 
It's a fairly uh, small nation, but is one of the nations with the highest incidence of the AIDS pandemic anywhere on the planet. In fact, we reached the point where we we're being told that just a whole generation was going to be wiped out. Wow. And uh, so I remember being in there one time and, and working with a particular young man who had a real desire to try to do something about rescuing babies, particularly those that had been abandoned in dumpsters and by the street side because they had AIDS. And uh, he had been able to make room in his house that he could take care of eight babies. Mm -hmm. And he came to one of the leadership conferences and we talked about vision. We talked about building teams. We talked about the fact that if you want to see a dream realized, you don't work alone. Mm -hmm. you, you recruit and bring around you others, and you invest in them. And, you, and we got into the whole area of team leadership versus the Lone Ranger. We got into what it means. How, how do you go about training and developing a team? How do you mobilize that team to maximize each of them to maximize their their influence, their strengths, their abilities, and yet still keep it in alignment to reach the goal? And just just some of the crucially vital steps that are essential in growing anything. And uh, so I, I was with him, and I could tell at the break time he just wanted to learn more. He was hungry to learn, and there was this there was this passion to make a difference in terms of this particular dilemma that he saw in his in his country and the suffering that was there. And so I go back two years later, and he doesn't have eight babies, which was his maximum capacity, mm -hmm. but he now has almost 180 babies wow. that are in this massive facility that they've built, and he has the best of staffing, and he has resources. And he, he said to me, every bit of it came out of a lesson of 60 minutes in which I was taught the difference between leading followers and leading leaders. And what it means to build a leadership culture, build a leadership team, and empower leaders to work with me so I'm not serving alone. And I don't just have a group of people who just fall in line and do what I say, but a group of people who are in their own right leaders who grow to their potential, and we maximize our influence. And I've, I've often said when we lead followers mm -hmm. on, the, on a good day, the best we'll get will be addition. Mm -hmm. But if we lead leaders... And truly know how to empower them and let them reach their potential and serve with us. And we do something together in partnership that if we lead leaders on a bad day, we get multiplication mm -hmm. just by the very nature of the difference between leading followers and leading leaders. And that, right. that was just simple principles like that. But mm -hmm. he embraced them and mm -hmm. began to imply them and to believe that this could happen. And, and dreams began to be realized and those dreams have a way of growing. Mm -hmm. And now he is replicating this in several other centers as other people are picking up his dreams. So they, they're truly making a difference in this particular fight from a guy that just said, I, I, can, I can only just do eight babies. That's, that's all we have, that's all mm -hmm. resources we have. That's all the facilities we have. That's all the people I have. To there's almost no limit now to mm -hmm. what, what they are doing. And, and it's one example. I could literally give thousands. Right. But, yeah. He certainly lifted the lid. That is amazing. And, you know, it's often been said that uh, we can certainly go far when we go with many. And one of my favorite sayings is that teamwork makes the dream work. So that's that's amazing. Yeah, it has been said. If we go alone, we can go quickly. Uh-huh, exactly. But it's the blandest of journeys and usually quite ineffective. Exactly. But if we, uh, if we want to make a difference, we go with a team. Right. We're speaking today with Doug Carter, Senior Vice President with Equip Leadership on Silver Lining in the Cloud. Doug, as a leader... You talked a little while ago about teamwork being a key principle. Can you expound a little bit more on principles, what leadership principles would apply to every culture and organization? Yeah, we, we've attempted to, uh, 
to teach only principles that we believe to be universal, that transcend culture, gender, race, you know, that, that, that there are no limiting factors. If it's, if it's a principle that we feel is just uniquely applicable to a very small swath of society, then we basically avoid it because mm -hmm. we believe that there are these overarching principles that are life transforming for everyone. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with ethnicity, not real, to some degree, not even with your educational background or mm -hmm. your socioeconomic status, whatever. Mm -hmm. We all know that there are many factors that come into our reach and our potential, but that, that we can have all of those things in place. What, whatever we may see as being the most advantageous position, we can put someone in educationally and opportunity wise, but unless they get the leadership principles right, there, there will always be the limits on, on their dreams and on the impact they can have on their lives. And mm -hmm. so they're just, they're just some basic things like the one I, I said earlier. The, uh, and, and then you, you placed it in another very succinct statement when you said uh, teamwork makes the dream work. There's no question in my mind, but that is a universal principle. It has been true uh, as far back as you want to go. I mean, you can go to you go to Moses in the Bible if you want to, you know, and, uh, if, and, if, and if you happen to remember, for those who might be people of faith and know anything about mm -hmm. Moses, this famous biblical character, uh -huh. you remember there came a time in his life when his father-in-law came to him and said, you are going to end up being a miserable failure because you're doing everything yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you don't bring some people around you and mm -hmm. begin to train them and begin to empower them and give them part of the load, mm -hmm. you're going to become the worst failure as a leader ever existed. And for those who know, the, the father-in-law's name was Jethro. Mm -hmm. And I've always said the day Jethro, the father-in-law, spoke into the life of Moses mm -hmm. was the day he became a leader. Up until then, he was he was manipulating people, and he mm -hmm. had a bunch of followers, and they were falling in line and saying, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. But none of them were becoming what they could become. Mm -hmm. And so when Jethro said, let them begin to serve with you, not only are they going to be better, you're going to be better, and the whole tide is going to rise, and we're going to elevate this whole thing. You know, mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that's true whether we're in, in the marketplace, in a corporate setting, or whether we're you know, over at the church or whether we're down at the Red Cross or mm -hmm. a nonprofit organization or the city of Roswell or wherever it may be. It's, mm -hmm. uh, the, the principles just work in every place. And, and so teamwork is one of them. There, there are certainly many more. I think, I think the whole idea that leadership is influence, mm -hmm. which says that you don't have to be the senior leader of an organization to have influence in an organization and to help make it better. Uh, John Maxwell wrote a great book called The 360-Degree Leader. And the whole idea is that wherever you are in an organization, with possible exception of the CEO, and even then there's a board of directors, mm -hmm. <laughs> that almost anywhere you are in an organization, there's somebody above you that you need to influence. There's someone beside you you need to influence, your equals, your peers. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you're a VP, there's other VPs. If you're a department head, there's other department heads. And then there are people below you that report to you, that are under your care. And how do you go about influence in the people in all those arenas because how you serve the one above you and how you serve the one below you and how you serve the ones beside you can vary greatly. Mm -hmm. And so moving up, it basically is how do you add value to the senior leader mm -hmm. and, and model excellence to the senior leader to the point that you begin to get his attention and he actually will say, your department or your division is shining. Tell me what you're doing different. Maybe mm -hmm. we want to implement this in the whole thing. Mm -hmm. 
to to the uh, to the VP or the department head who influences the, his peers, and you normally do that through friendship. You do that through relationship. You have no you have no control over them. If you're if you're the VP of this division and he's the v, VP of that division, he's not looking to you for guidance at all. You you don't have no authority over him. But relationally and friendship wise, maybe over lunch. And let me buy you lunch and just talk about this. You actually could influence other other VPs and slowly influence a whole organization mm-hmm. by from a relational standpoint. So one is more of a service standpoint. One is more of a relational. And then for those people below you, it really comes down to are you using them or are you investing in them? Mm-hmm. And if you pour into those people and add value to those people and serve those people below you and help them to grow, then you begin to build what I call the leadership culture where everybody begins to believe that there are no limits on them. And Mm -hmm. you create that kind of an environment where you want people to rise Mm -hmm. and to give their best and to be recognized for it Mm -hmm. uh, publicly and privately. So then in that 360-degree leader, here you are in the middle of the pack. You know, you're not the lead dog. You're here in the middle of the pack. But somehow you're influencing the lead dog and you're influencing everybody back to the very back last, you know, dog in the line. And I and and that that principle is is one of the principles I believe very much. And I and I think that in every setting of life, uh, that is true. Mm-hmm. And I, I won't go into a leadership lesson, but there's just lots of <laughs> <laughs> lots it's of principles we can talk about. Certainly, a win-win all around. Yeah, that's not right. only on a personal level, but also on an organizational level. And because we believe leadership is influence mm-hmm. and because we believe everybody can learn how to grow in their influence. Mm-hmm. And there are levels of influence from the time you have a position until you learn how to be relational. Mm-hmm. That people, people follow you because they have to, to be pe- until people begin to follow you because they want to. Mm-hmm. Till then you begin to get into the production level where people get excited because you're making a difference mm-hmm. until you get up to the level that you're reproducing yourself in the mm-hmm. lives of other people. So mm-hmm. there's you, you're not the only person doing something. Now you got a lot of other people winning. And then finally, level five, as you move up in influence, you kind of get up to the level I call the pinnacle. It's where mm-hmm. you have added so much value to so people, so many people for so long and done mm-hmm. it so well that somebody around you is going to say, wow, he's great. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> you, you don't give yourself that label. That's, right. that, that's just out of a lifetime of doing it well, giving. faithfully, giving, mm-hmm. serving, adding value, lifting lids, right. making people's lives better. Mm-hmm. And somehow the, the, the beauty and the excitement of that is, and why I'm very passionate about it is, that in that process, you became better yourself. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just if I reached over to my friend sitting here to my left. Mm-hmm. If I push him down, I'm going down with him. Mm-hmm. If I lift him up, I'm going up with, mm-hmm. with him. You, you can't avoid that. There's no way I can push him down and not go down. There's mm-hmm. no way I can lift him up and not go up. It's, and it's it. so simple. But it's so powerful. I could listen to you all day, Doug. I'm coming to one of your classes. <laughs> well, we can we can arrange that too. Okay. Thank you so much for uh, being a leader that you are and the contributions that you make to the community. Thank, thank well, you. We're so getting much. some great insight on leadership today from a subject matter expert, uh, Doug Carter, the senior vice president at uh, Equip Leadership. That's E Q U I P. Is that that right? is right. That's okay. Equip uh, is the name of the organization, and the, the but the website is I Equip. I-E-Q-U-I-P. Excellent, excellent. Mm-hmm. .org. Okay, Doug, so uh, how can leaders in our community make a difference through EQUIP? Getting involved, you know, what can they do? Well, we are, we're certainly uh, delighted to be a part of the Gwinnett community. Uh, we are in new office facilities, really not far from where we're located today. And uh, one reason we're excited is because we just believe that uh, Gwinnett is such a center of influence in terms of uh, the uh, 
the business community, but even beyond that, into the nonprofit community, the governmental arena, the educational community, the Gwinnett schools have an extremely good reputation nationwide. So there's just a lot of factors in which I think that as a, as a county and a community, we are p positioned to have influence beyond our local community. And we love the fact that being in the community, there are ways that, that we can serve was referenced earlier uh, when um, uh, Nicole said, I think I'll come to training. We do offer training events from time to time that uh, are broad-based so that anybody from any community, any stream of influence can be a part of that. Uh, we also uh, give people opportunity to go and be teachers of leadership. And one of the things that I love about what Equip has done across the years, we are a fairly small organization to have a footprint that now is in uh, – more than 182 nations of the world. And officially, there are only 196 that are legally recognized nations. That's 14 to go, and we're now on schedule to be in 196 by July of next year. Mm -hmm. So with integrity, we will be teaching leadership in every nation of the world. But one of the ways we've designed that is that as a small staff, we can't go to 196 nations. But if you and you could team up, we can give you the curriculum. We can set up the conference You'd volunteer a few days of your time and go to Zimbabwe or Fiji. You know, it could be a tough, tough assignment or an easy assignment. <laughs> Bora Bora. Bora Bora. I'll right. take Bora Bora. But it, it's still leadership, and basically the needs are still the same. You've, you've got the curriculum. It's in the language of the people. The material is on the table. Uh, the translator is ready if you need one. All you have to do is show up and teach for a couple of days and have an impact in people's lives. So we provide some great opportunities for people who've learned a lot about leadership, and we find that the best teachers are those who've lived it, those who, in many cases, have been in the marketplace, who started small, struggled, learned maybe from failure, learned principles, put them into effect, grew, really learned how to empower and make a difference in the lives of others. Then we say to them, hey, you've learned some things. You take your experience put it with the principles that we have gleaned from John Maxwell and others. It's in a curriculum. It's easy to teach. Go tell your stories. Go teach the curriculum. Go change the world. And a lot of people have, uh, have rallied to do that from, from the business community and some of them from Gwinnett. And there are lots of opportunities there. Excellent. Excellent, Doug. So, uh, you know, I went to your website, took a quick look, and, uh, and I noticed a, a section called Daily Devotional. What, what is Daily Devotional? I mentioned earlier uh, John Maxwell, the founder of the organization, and you know that uh, John does a great deal of his uh, teaching in the corporate world. Um, in fact, gives gives probably more attention now to the corporate side than to any other arena. However, you may know that John Maxwell himself had a background as a pastor. He actually started out in the faith-based community as a pastor. And over a period of time, as pastors would come to his training, they would bring businessmen from their congregations. And so these businessmen would hear John, and they would say, well, pastor, that might work at the church. It, maybe it will, maybe it won't, but I know one thing, it'll work at my business. I'm going to take that principle over to the marketplace. And so over a period of time, John's conferences transitioned from 90% pastors to 99% businessmen. Now, pastors still come. They were always welcome. There was always a place. But the businessmen embraced it very quickly because they said, these are principles that will change an organization. And as that, as that has begun to happen, at some point along the way, John decided to do a book that would be devotional in nature, that would be faith-based in nature, but would have leadership principles that are universal. 
And so uh, over a period of time, he developed that. Eventually, it was a book that he sold. And then later on at Equip, we decided we would take all of that, reduce it down to bite-sized pieces that we could put out free every day through our website. So anybody can go to the website, sign up for this free, we, we call it a daily devotional. But while, while it, it, it might have a Bible verse or it might mention a biblical character, the truth is it is a principle that any leader could benefit from. And, and, and it, 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 so it's a devotional with a strong leadership bias is the way I like to put it. Every devotional has a leadership principle. Okay, Doug. So, uh, yeah, we could do a whole show here today on this one. <laughs> so uh, leadership blending business mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, other communities involved. I mean, it's, it's a great, uh, great thing you guys are doing. Yep. So tell our listeners how they can get involved, what they can find out more about your organization and uh, what's coming up, events and things like that. What's, what should they do? Oh, just to add to what you just said about the whole blending of business and otherwise, not not recent, very recently I had the opportunity to do a conference in China. In this particular conference, we were able to do it just with the medical community. And it's, it's just been amazing the difference now that we're seeing in the medical community in China. Because the medical community, without any restrictions for the government, from the government, that it sometimes can be very suspicious of a foreign organization, particularly China, uh, would give us access to the medical community because of the service they render. Well, it's amazing now how much more effective they're becoming when they not only are caregivers, but also leaders. It, it, it changes that whole dynamic. And we're seeing that happen whether it's in Iraq and the aftermath of war. And, I mean, I've been in and done conferences in Erbil up in the Kurdistan territory that's in the news every day now and some of those kind of places. So uh, the, the influence is just far-reaching because influence is so crucial in every stream of influence in every, every part of life. Um, I'd, I'd invite you to take a look at the website, which is iequip.org. One of the next things coming up is a thing that we call Back to Square One. There's information about it on the website at iequip.org. Back to Square One involves John Maxwell. And the reason we call it Square One is because if you wanted to get involved with Equip in any capacity, going to teach leadership or just growing yourself, square one is the first step. And so we decided to bring John Maxwell himself back to square one and say, John, if you were starting over at square one, what are the eight or 10 things that everybody should know? And then how can you apply those in your life and maximize them in every stream of your influence? So December two and three, right here in Gwinnett, uh, there's an opportunity to be involved in this Back to Square One event with John Maxwell. Extremely inexpensive. Uh, it's certainly the least expensive anybody would ever hear John Maxwell. And uh, that can be done December 2 and 3 at Back to Square One. And, again, it's under the events section of iequip.org. Th- thank you for letting me share that information. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Doug. Doug, Doug Carter with Equip Leadership, EQIP Leadership. Uh, and I encourage you all to get involved and take a look at their website. Thank you, Doug. Thank you so much, Doug. Next on our broadcast, we have Andrew Steinke, Partner Sales Director with Business Communications Management. Welcome, Andrew. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me, Nicole. Tell us about what you do at BCM, Andrew. So BCM is is a managed solutions provider, um, originally headquartered in New York City. Mm -hmm. And really what that means is that we're we're experts and and consultants and a management firm for information technology and telecommunication services. We've been around since 1992, mm-hmm. um, and obviously within the industry of, of telecom and IT and all of the, 
the things we all hear about and don't know what they are throughout the day, um, things have changed. So we, we, we originally started out as a focus on uh, voice and data, and in the past 22 years, we've really grown our portfolio um, and focused on uh, communications as a whole and technology as a whole for, for commercial businesses and all across the world. When it comes to uh, telecommunications, there's a lot of competition out there. So why do clients choose to do business with BCM1 over its competitors? That, that is a, a great question, actually. There are a lot of competitions out there, and, and I think a lot of us know, especially you guys uh, at CDI, that what is telecommunications, what is telephony, what is any of the stuff that we hear about all day. So our, our biggest differentiator in the marketplace is our experience and the fact that we are focused on people. Mm -hmm. um, in 1992, when we first started, literally the concept was the, the mysteriousness around telecom and telephony and things that were out there and, and just presenting a clear picture to the customers, um, small, medium businesses, and now it it's really runs the gamut from small, medium, and large enterprise customers. Um, so people come to us for our expertise and our knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, and nowadays, as, as technology changes and people and customers, clients specifically, they want something right away. They mm -hmm. want it to be truthful, accurate, and they can't wait. You know, social media is crazy. Mm -hmm. you, know, you can text somebody right now and you expect an answer within moments, mm -hmm. if not seconds. So we really try to, to tell our clients and our partners out there that come to us and you'll get an accurate, fast response on anything you need related to telephony and telecommunications. That's important in this day and age, and expertise is key. Can you talk uh, a little bit more about your specific role at BCM1? Sure. I'm the partner sales director, so what that means is you know, throughout our, our history, and we're in our 23rd year here, we have about 17,000 different customer logos that we support, and we have about 350 or so independent sales partners that leverage our expertise for filling gaps in, in what they do as a mm -hmm. core business. My specific role is to... Um, nationally recruit, support, and help grow those independent sales partners. So I work with companies like CDI that are out there, and they're mm -hmm. looking for a critical critical partner to, to fill a need in their, in their product portfolio offering to their, to their customers. Mm -hmm. We've been speaking with Andrew Stanky, one of, our, one of the partner sales director at Business Communications Management. Andy, how did you get involved with CDI? How long have you guys been connected? So we met um, your president, John Carter, about a year ago um, and started doing some aggressive communications on, on where a fit would be. I mean, you guys, you know, as the tagline says, silver lining in the cloud, um, have a very similar business model and business approach to us. It's just being, being that trusted advisor and, and being very clear on, on what the services are. No one really knows what the cloud even means these days. And the same thing with telecommunications. What does that even mean? You can get 10 different answers and 10 different people. So we had a communication with John Carter going back about a year and a half ago to, to fill a need in the portfolio offering to your end users. Um, and we became partners shortly thereafter, and it's been a, a pretty good road so far. My, my job with, with you guys and, and, and the, the clients that are out there who, who are prospective clients or clients already of CDI is to just, is to just sit down and go over those, the communications portfolio and fill in the needs that CDI is, has engaged with us to do. Um, I specifically moved down from New York about two and a half months ago. So I'm really charged with, with really coming in and, and developing the Southeast marketplace. And, and I can honestly say that the, the relationship with CDI has done a lot to, to help that and advance that. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. You're probably still kicking the snow off your shoes there. Huh? <laughs> I am a little bit, yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> Andy, uh, being the, being the you know, head of you know, the partnership relationship 
uh, uh, side of uh, BCM. What, what, is it, what makes a, a successful relationship with BCM? It's, it's open communication and honesty. You know, the biggest thing is just is being accurate with uh, the, what you say and what you do. And I, I'd like to, to take something from Nicole where he said, teamwork makes the dream work. I think that's awesome. And that's 100% what we're about, and that's what our partner program is about. Nobody is an expert in one thing. Um, we're a dynamic company, and so we look for partners who – no one's an expert in everything, I should say. So we're a dynamic company looking for, for partners who want to be complementary and synergistic to what we do. Um, so being a good partner, and, and my job is to do that for partners like CDI, it's just, it's just filling the needs, obviously, that you guys see for your end users and making sure the information you receive is timely and accurate and taking care of your customers. Everyone knows that the, the clients and customers that are out there are the most important thing for all of our companies. So for us, it's making sure that you guys as a strategic partner look good and do the right thing for your customers. We're talking with Andy Steinke, the uh, Partner Sales Director at B Business Communications Management, BCM. And uh, Andy, so talking about the relationship, uh, what services does uh, uh, BCM offer to our customers? So we do a wide array of things. I mean, it could just be general project-based consulting and, and moving customers to the next step within their, their telecom portfolio. Um, specifically, that could be anything from a voice connection to a data connection, you know, explaining what those services are, how to optimize your network. When you're sitting down with a customer, and, and we all know that there are certain mandatory expenses to have as a business owner and to operate, and, and one of those things is absolutely infrastructure technology and telecommunications. So our role partnering with CDI would be to evaluate the customer's telecom portfolio and, and align ourselves with their business drivers to find the right fit and optimize their network. So that could be anything from finding a better or more, more robust voice and data solution, anything with wide area connectivity, um, moving office locations, growing a business, or even downsizing a business. A lot of what we do is cost justification for companies on what their spends are and services are related to telecommunications. Uh, that's, that's a mouthful. That's end-to-end, -end, it sounds like. Are there any uh, services that... Uh uh, BCM and CDI cannot offer to uh, uh, prospective customers? I really don't think that, that there are, Dominic. I mean, there's, um, like I said before, there's, there's no company that can do everything, right? But I really think that um, as, as partners, you really can put your mind together and find a solution. And that's what we're all about. We're about customized solutions and, and working with people to find answers to their questions. And it's that simple. If a customer has something that's, that's out there right now and, and, and just wants information and wants to have a conversation you know, with us on, on how to optimize their technology network, there's an answer out there for us to find for them. And being around for now in our 23rd year, there's, there's no scenario that we have not seen or been experienced or exposed to. Um, and 23 years in, in technology is a long time. You know, I don't know what the analogy is, but it could be like a quarter, you know, 250 years in some other industry or something. But it's a very long time. And we've seen a lot of different things. So I, I, I would challenge anybody out there to see if they can stump us. Just come up, come, give me a call, ask me a question. And if I can't find an answer, I'll probably just call you, Dominic. <laughs> you better do that. All right, Andy. So uh, uh, how did you get involved uh, with BCM? And, uh, you know, what do you like most about what you're doing? Um, I, I met the uh, the primary owners of the company about uh, it's seven oh man I can't even add ten years ago now I was in the health and wellness industry and I started working and uh, I was um, I guess I can say this I was a very successful personal trainer 
Don't hold that against me. <laughs> and I'm out of that industry altogether, so no questions about that. But um, I met the owners of the company back in, in that in that field, in that career field, and we hit it off. And, you know, they recognized that I, I'm passionate about what I do. And so when I left and started my own firm, I kind of kept in touch. You know, I kept in touch with them as mentors. And it, it just wasn't working out. It was very poor timing for me. I made a move, and it just didn't work out. So they recruited me to work for them. And um, telecommunications is, is just a mystery. It's an enigma. It's kind of what um, Churchill said about the Russians, the Soviet Union back in the day. It's an enigma wrapped inside of a puzzle or whatever he said. It, it really is something that's an acquired taste. So in the beginning, it was a lot of why did I just do this to myself and start getting involved in telecom. And then what I realized was I'm not working for just a normal telecommunications company. I'm working for a company who cares about what they do, been around for a very long time, and really does try to help customers and, and partners that are out there. So, I mean, I would say that the number one thing I like and love about my job is, first of all, it's exciting. You know, technology is not going anywhere. We're dynamic. We can change just like you guys. We're very flexible. And secondly, I think it's just the people that I work with, you know, the partners that I communicate with every day, the relationships that I've built, the places I've been able to go to and travel to, not as um, far-reaching as Europe and, and Asia and things like that, but definitely I've been in a lot of different places because of my job, and I think it's a great experience for me. And it's been a lot of fun. It's been six years last week that I've uh, joined BCM. And, uh, you know, there's bad days, there's good days, and there's really great days. So this is a really great day. Well, for it sure is. It's great having you here from New York, New Jersey to Atlanta. You can't do better. And that's a great road to travel. Mm -hmm. uh, Andy, I can tell by your enthusiasm, you're going to make your mark in the Atlanta market. So uh, tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you personally as well as uh, BCM to get uh, find out more about what you guys are doing in the telecommunications world. Sure thing. I mean, you can always visit our website, www.bcm-tel.com. Uh, disclaimer that we're actually completely rebranding the website, so it'll probably redirect you in a month's time or so to our brand new site. Um, and you can, you can find me on there, or you can just reach out to me directly and, uh, and call me. I always answer my phone or get back to whoever reaches me. So I have no problem taking phone calls, and I would expect at least 10 phone calls from this show. <laughs> happy anniversary andy Thank and it's you. been a pleasure working with you you've been listening to silver lining in the cloud brought to you by cdi managed services and our sponsors emc next on our show we have sarah chandler with the roswell cultural center how how are you sarah well i'm a little hungry but <laughs> other than that i'm good well tell us about what you do well, I'm the coordinator at the mm -hmm. Roswell Cultural Arts Center, mm -hmm. uh, which is owned and operated by the city of Roswell. Uh, and we host a plethora of events mm -hmm. throughout the year. It was actually built in 1991 as a municipal auditorium. Mm -hmm. uh, and Georgia Ensemble Theater is our resident theater company. They joined about a year after it was built, and they've been in residence there ever since. Mm -hmm. uh, and it also houses many rentals and community groups doing dance recitals and uh, Aragathums, and mm -hmm. so we do private and public rentals, mm -hmm. uh, music concerts. Mm -hmm. And then recently we've begun doing our own programming, uh, having a concert series. We yeah. have a puppet series in the summer that is very popular. Mm -hmm. uh, and we just started a Story Slam series. So that's a little bit about it. And what are you most excited about this season with all that you have going on? What are, what are you? Well, um, truthfully, we have a concert coming up on Sunday. Mm -hmm. That's our first concert for this year's Live in Roswell series. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited about that because it's Holly Williams. Mm -hmm. And I 
read about her in Garden and Gun and thought, oh, I should find out who this is. <laughs> and as it turns out, she's Hank William Jr.'s daughter, and she's an amazing performer, and I immediately purchased her CD and have been making my staff all listen to Holly Williams, <laughs> uh, which actually is not torture. It's actually, uh, they seem to be having fun. They're all singing now. So Okay, cool. Lots of uh, musical events that are happening. Yeah. Got to yeah. catch one of those. You do. We're Come talking on. with Sarah Chandler. She's the coordinator at uh, Roswell Cultural Arts Center. Sarah, so uh, how is the uh, Cultural Arts Center good for business in, in the Roswell and the surrounding area? Well, I'm so glad you asked that question. <laughs> um, we, I have little notes. I wanted to make sure I didn't <laughs> mess up. But these guys across the table like are on it, so I'm I'm trying to play up my game a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the live work play idea that's becoming so prevalent in the metro Atlanta area, which coming from Philly for many years, I was in Philly, and that's a collectively you're you're intimate with the arts community. You can walk everywhere. You can go to the shows, you can go to the restaurants, mm -hmm. you can just make it all happen. Um, the Roswell Cultural Arts Center can give people the cultural play experience that they want in their live-work-play experience. Um, so many people, I'm, I work in Roswell, and I live over between Marietta and Smyrna, and I think, wow, I got lucky. That 40-minute drive, I don't have to get on the interstate the whole time. Um, and so this whole culture, we're driving all the time, we're going all these places, and to imagine that you can meet Grammy-nominated artists in your own backyard, mm -hmm. and you can walk to the restaurant that's right next to the theater and enjoy a show, um, there are businesses all, I mean, Roswell's sort of booming right now with mm -hmm. business, and so we have a producer circle where we have multiple businesses in the Roswell area that are helping us produce these shows. We can't do it on our own. The money for the concert series, the puppet series, all of our programming comes from ticket sales uh -huh. and our producers. Mm -hmm. That's where we're getting the support to make all of these things happen. But our, um, our goal is to give people in the community what they want. Uh, so we've been asking, what do you want? We hear more music. Mm -hmm. People want more live music, as yeah. it turns out. So we thought, okay, we'll have more live music. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, and through that, people patronize the businesses that are close by. People learn more about their own city. People are meeting their neighbors at the theater and creating relationships and connections with the people that they live with that they don't always see because everybody's commuting to Atlanta or commuting out to Cumming or wherever it is you got to go. So we're really uh, cultivating an environment. We're, we're providing a base of an environment for people to get to know their neighbors, get to know their businesses, get to know the local community. Sarah Chandler at the Roswell Cultural Arts Center. Sarah, so what kind of challenges uh, do you face as a producer? Well, um, human resources is one as far as we have very small staff, very small. Um, and so our dreams are very big. And I'm looking across the table thinking, I want to take that leadership class. Yeah. That, that sounds like we something that would be that great. One. Lift that lid. Uh, yep. <laughs> Got to lift everybody's lid. We'll just all be lidless. Um, and so working, trying to figure out how to manage everything with the number of people that we have. And our staff is invested. Um, but to do major, I mean, it's a 600-seat theater out in Roswell. And so to do large, I mean, that's actually medium. But 
for us, it's large. To do large concerts with a limited staff, we do depend on volunteers and local community members to help us with that, uh, just for safety purposes, making sure we have enough people trained if anything happens. Um, so that's one thing, needing needing more staff. I hope my bosses are listening to this. I'm sure they uh, are. I'm <laughs> sure they are. Um, and then also for me personally, one of the things that I'm really passionate about is the programming Providing a space for community groups and for our resident theater company is one of the things we're committed to. Um, and I'm really interested in bringing more programming, cultivating more experiences that are community-driven as well as national acts coming to Roswell. And um, it's difficult when you rent two years out your space, and we're booked. I mean, for the next two years, we're booked. So trying to find dates in our own calendar to do our own programming is difficult. So we are looking, there are some, um, I come from a more non-traditional theater background, and so there actually are some empty shopping centers and empty um, old black box theaters that are just sitting there, and I'm thinking, well, we should be doing more stuff in those. So trying to come up with a plan of how we execute more mm-hmm. more community-driven art in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, at least the people we've asked, they seem to be hungry for it. So we just want to feed people. That's all we want to do. It's all about the culture. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about some vision here now. Yeah, and, hey. And what, else you, what else are you thinking about for the future? Well, uh, personally, I've only been there a year. It'll be a year September 3rd, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the one of the collective communities that I feel like we're, we haven't reached out to very well is East Cobb area mm-hmm. because, um, again, I live over between Marion and Smyrna, so I drive through Cobb County every day. Um, and the North Fulton, I, I do think we're focusing fairly well, North Fulton, Roswell, Alpharetta, that whole area. But one of the places, East Cobb has a large population. East Cobb is growing very quickly. And the truth is the the county line is so very close right there to historic yeah. Roswell. Um, and so every time I drive through, I think, where are all these people going? Where do they go to concerts? Where, are, What are they looking for? You know, it's a 10-minute drive. So that's your community. That's in suburbia, especially. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, And there's sidewalks on 120 that, you know, you can walk if you really wanted to. Maybe not in the heat, but you could. So I think trying to expand our... Um, connection and relationship with East Cobb as well as North Fulton um, would be something that I would be really interested in. And I personally am much more interested in providing um, a structure for people that the community actually, they're the ones that bring the art. They're the ones that bring the meat to the, mm-hmm. to the stage. So I'm really excited about that. Yes, we're talking with Sarah Chandler, Roswell Cultural Arts Center. So, Sarah, tell us a little bit about your background. How did you find the uh, Cultural Arts Center? How did they find you over there in Roswell? Well, it is difficult to find. The back of our building faces the street. So if you come out there, don't give up hope. You can find the building. Um, (laughs) It's across from City Hall. Yeah, you know, just everybody take notes. Uh, I actually i am from Macon, Georgia. I went to... Central High School in Macon, Georgia, before it was air-conditioned, and uh, then went to Wesleyan College, and then went to Virginia Tech for grad school, go Hokies, um, and have worked all over the East Coast, have done a lot of freelance in theater and dance uh, as management. I am not a dancer, those of you here can tell, um, and was actually in Philadelphia for about eight years, and 
immediately was immersed in the arts culture there and it's pretty strong you know the the landscape is changing all over the place with arts and funding and how can we do this and how much DIY can we do and you know so figuring all of that out but really for the first time had a an arts roots base I felt like oh this is you are my people I feel good in Philadelphia you are my people and um then realized I was really far away from my family. You know, you hit those mid-30s and you go, I am I was such a schmuck. <laughs> I got to get back there. So um, I decided to move back to Georgia. And it's probably not good business practice, but I did decide to move prior to having a job. <laughs> and, and then thought, oh, I might need a job when I'm there. It's not going to be free. Um, so I started looking around, and lo and behold, this particular job at the Roswell Cultural Arts Center was available. I was looking at events management and that sort of thing, and then this came up, and I thought, oh, my, it's events management and arts and mm-hmm. everything else. So I applied, um, and my boss says that I was one of three from out of state that they were considering, and uh, and then I got the job. and. So there you have Thanks it. for sharing that. that. That's great insight. People always want to know how individuals get picked and uh, how you change directions in your life and mm-hmm. uh, get involved in a great organization like the Roswell Cultural Arts Center. Uh, Sarah, I, you know, I also looked at your website. What a website. There's a lot going on on that website. I encourage people to take a look at it. In fact, a little tidbit that I found out was uh, uh, the first telephone uh, that was set up in, in Roswell was a one-digit phone. Really? Yeah. How hmm. about that? There's a lot of history there. I mean, that's, that's a great town. There think is a of, lot of history in you Roswell. You think of Roswell about, you know, my, you know, antiques, but uh, there's a, you're bringing a lot of cultural to the, to the, to the community, and, uh, you know, we're all becoming one, so to speak, and these uh, borders are really not defined anymore. So, right. Yeah. 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 Actually, yeah. thank you for doing that. The Roswell Historic Society is housed in our building as well, so we're yeah. trying to create more relationships with them, do more programming that has to do with the history of Roswell and what's yeah. going on there. Yeah, I applaud you for what you're doing. Sarah, tell other listeners how they can reach out to the organization, to Roswell Cultural Center and yourself, and find out more about it and get involved. There are so many ways, so many ways, thanks to what I believe to be telecommunication. Go <laughs> uh, Although, you know, the definition, there's like 10, I hear. Um, well, you can go to our website, which is roswellcac.com. CAC means Cultural Arts Center, for those of you that need that. Oh. Uh, roswellcac.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at RoswellCAC. You can also go to Facebook at RoswellCAC. See what we're doing here? We're trying to, mm-hmm. you know, stick together and market. Um, you can also call. You can call. I will give you my personal line. It's 770-594-6411. Uh, and that will get you to my voicemail at minimum. So, <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you very much, Sarah. You've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk business to business. We'd like to thank our guest today from Equip Leadership, Doug Carter, with Business Communications Management, Andrew Stanky, and from the Roswell Cultural Arts Center, Sarah Chandler. We appreciate you all for being on Silver Lining in the Cloud. I'm Nicole Toptosh, along with my co-host, Dominic Rainey, with CDI Managed Services, where we work with companies to maximize their investment in IT infrastructure and cloud solutions and support. To listen to this show and other Silver Lining in the Cloud broadcasts, go to Silver Lining, 
www.businessradiox.com. And until next time, remember, when it comes to IT solutions and cloud support, CDI Managed Services is your silver lining in the cloud. (laughs) 